peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet. What's good? Getting back to the book of Genesis, we're going to pick up in chapter 44 and I believe verse 17. We left off at verse 16. I'm just going to give you a little update. I will be moving, Lord willing, back to the great state of Florida, the Sunshine State here in the next couple weeks. Um, I'm going to be in transition. There'll probably be some days where in between I don't record an episode here and there. Um, I might take a break for a week, just setting some things up, being a temporary spot for a little bit. Needless to say, God has worked out some great and magnificent things in my life in the past year. I'm, I plan on doing a full episode when all of this, uh, settles, when all the, when the dust settles, Lord willing, and telling a complete story of how God worked, what God did. It is an amazing story. Um, if somebody were to tell me this story and all of the specific answered prayers, I would not even believe it, but I've lived this. It, it happened to me. So I'm telling you, this is going to be something amazing. So Lord willing, in the, in the coming months, like I said, when the dust settles, I'll tell that story, but I just wanted to give everyone an update in case I go missing for a few days. I don't want people to think that I've stopped doing a podcast I'm just in transition and getting some things set up. So it'll probably be some in-betweens. Oh, and I plan on, Lord willing, another thing I want to do is I want to do some episodes on the beach. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of thinking through that. Might have to get a table, get my camera and some other things set up. Anyway, we'll get in we'll get into that. Uh cross that bridge when we uh when we get there. So anyway, Genesis chapter 44, verse 17, let's get into this. All right, verse 17. And he said, God forbid that I should do so. But the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. And as for you, get you up in peace unto your father. So again, we remember what happened. The cup was found in, in Benjamin's, in Benjamin's bag. Of course, Joseph set all of this up. They're now distraught because they promised Israel that they would bring Benjamin back in one piece. And now it looks like that's not going to happen. And again, as I said before, I'll say again, I wonder why Joseph is toying with his brothers so much. I don't know. I don't really have an explanation for that. I've been thinking through it, reading through passages, trying to get a feel for what's going on, trying to understand what what would have been a benefit or the reason for this. And I've not figured that out yet. Maybe some of you smart theologians out there have already figured it out. As I always say, I am not the brightest. I'm just reading through the scripture and share my thoughts with you. 
the worldwide federated internet. Uh, verse 18. Then Judah. Now remember, remember Judah told Israel, look, if we don't bring Benjamin back, you can lay that to my charge. You can personally hold me accountable for not bringing him back. So, you know, good and well, at this point right here, Judah is sick to his stomach. Then Judah came near unto him and said, O Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears and let not thine anger burn against thy servant for thou art even as Pharaoh. So this is pleasantries, right? I'm sure Judah has done this at many moments in his life because we've kind of seen what Judah is about, right? So he's a smooth talker, slide talker. So he's like, hey, uh, Joseph, let me come holla at you. You know, you like the man, like the only person more important than you is Pharaoh. So let me holla at you for a minute. Pleasantries. He's trying to he's trying to fatten him up a little bit with the speech. Is this going to work? I don't know. Let's see. Um, verse 19, my, uh, my Lord asked his servants saying, have ye a father or a brother? And we said unto my Lord, we have a father, an old man and a child of his old age, a little one. And his brother is dead and he alone is left of his mother and his father loveth him. So he's trying to play on the emotion of the situation. Again, not knowing that he's literally talking to Joseph. No idea. And that, that still boggles my mind. Even though I understand Joseph is dressed in Egyptian garb. He's speaking the language of the Egyptians. And they're using an interpreter. So for all intents and purposes... They wouldn't recognize him. He's older, about 10, 10 or 12 years older than the last time they saw him. So he's a grown man now. His voice is probably deepened and he's speaking another language and he's dressed in a way which they do not recognize, probably has his hair done in a way which they do not recognize. So it kind of makes sense that they don't know who they're talking to. But Judah, you know, trying to do the smooth talking, trying to play on the emotions of the situation which kind of gives you a little insight into who Judah is as a person. What is he like? A oh, smooth talker, right? Trying to remember, remember what Judah did with his, with his daughter-in-law and his sons. Remember how he smooth talked her and kind of fed her a line and how she turned that over on him. So this is who he is. Uh, verse 21. And thou saidest unto thy servants, Bring him down unto me that I may set mine eyes upon him. And we said unto my Lord, the lad cannot leave his father. For if he should leave his father, his father would die. It's like, yo, if we if we remove Benjamin from his father's side, this man is going to go to his grave. And thou saidest unto thy servants, except your youngest brother come down with you, ye shall see my face no more. And it came to pass when we came up unto thy servant, my father, 
we told him the words of my Lord. And our father said, go again and buy us a little food. And we said, we cannot go down if our youngest brother, uh, we cannot, we cannot go down. If our youngest brother be with us, then we, we, then will we go down for we may not see the man's face except our youngest brother be with us. I'm convinced that they thought if they showed up without, uh, without Benjamin, they thought Joseph was going to kill them. I am convinced that's what they thought. They have no idea who they're talking to, so they don't know. And thy servant, my father said unto us, Ye know that my wife bare me two sons. And the one went out from me, and and I said, Surely he is torn to pieces, and I saw him not since. And if ye take his if, if ye take this also from me, and mischief befall him, ye shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now, therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up upon the lad's life, it shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die and thy servants shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, our, our father with sorrow to the grave. Again, he's trying to, he's trying to pull on those tug on those heartstrings just a little bit. He's not lying to him, but he's definitely trying to tug on them heartstrings. He's like, yo, if we, if we show back up to Israel, our father, your servant without his youngest son, he is definitely going down to an early grave in sorrow. This is something we promised him. I promised him personally that I would see to it that we brought him back and we can't leave him here. We, we have got to bring him back to his father. He's playing on that emotion, telling him about he had he was he was uh, their their mother um, passed away. These are the only two two kids that he had from their mother. We cannot grieve him in this way. Having no idea again that he's talking to Joseph. Right. So bearing all of these things out, which is not necessarily false, but is it the, is it the whole truth? Cause the whole truth is the, the brothers sold out their brother, Joseph. They threw him into a pit. So he, he's not, he's not being dishonest in that. He's just not, he's just leaving out that detail but he is kind of being dishonest because that is a very important detail. Um, verse 32, for thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father saying, if, if I bring him not unto thee, then shall I bear the blame to my father forever. Now think about that. He he's, he's letting them know, yo, if I don't bring this kid back, I told my father, I will bear the blame of this forever. What does surety mean? Surety means because that's a word that's not really used nowadays. Security, safety, foundation of stability, support, 
evidence, ratification, confirmation, security against loss or damage, security for payment. So he was letting his father know and he's letting Joseph know that, yo, I told this man that he I am guaranteeing him that his son, his youngest son is coming back with me. Don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. So he's trying to let Joseph know, yo, I gave my father my word. I have got to keep my word. I have got to return this, his youngest son, to him. I cannot leave him here. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with us or go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? Lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. You know, the one thing that I keep thinking as I read through these verses is, they have no idea. These brothers have no idea of the good that's getting ready to come to them. Undeserving, completely undeserving, just as all of us are. Um, imagine, imagine if you had a lens where you could look into, I was thinking about this as I was reading this. If I had a lens where I could look far into the far reaches of my life, right? Like if, if when I was 20, when I got saved, if I could look far into the into the, the 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 20 years to come and see the things that God would do for me versus what uh versus the things I involved myself in and how I walked and how I was not submitted to God and how he blessed me, man, that like seriously, that that have been enough to that would have that would have been enough at that moment to make you fall on your face and we should fall on our face. We should, because the bottom line is the things that we get from God. None of us deserve. I don't deserve the breath in my lungs. I don't deserve the roof over my head. I do not deserve the food that I've eaten. I don't deserve any of the goodness that I've received from God, but he gave it. These brothers sold their brother out. They should die in this famine, but instead their brother, the very one that they sold out is actually bringing them salvation. Ain't that something? Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty people.